0: This time on Guided. So the next spiritual blooper comes from one of our listeners, who I will withhold her name for privacy, but it's a hilarious story that ends up with a very stinky surprise on somebody's bed. Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition no matter where it guides you. Hey everyone, this is Zach Luz, I'm your host of Guided, and today we're going to talk about spiritual bloopers. So why are we going to talk about spiritual bloopers? Well, there's a couple reasons. So first things first, um, as we start our spiritual awakening process, one thing that's really, really common is we get excited about all these signs. We're paying attention to our intuition a lot more, and we're feeling really guided. Now this speaks to the child in us that is fascinated with the magic, that wants everything to be a sign, and we want to see all of this magic that's like swirling around us at any moment, and if only we pay attention to the signs, then we our lives are going to get fantastically better. Now, I definitely want that for you, and we also want to make sure that we're being wise about following the signs. So, the spiritual bloopers, we're going to talk about what happens if we... We hit that point where we want there to be signs so bad that sometimes we misconstrue truth for another sign and another reason for us to follow our intuition when really there's nothing there, but we want to feel that so bad that we, are, we start deluding ourselves and saying, like, this is what it's all about. So we can address that. And then we'll also talk about how sometimes uh, when we follow our... We follow like these seemingly nonsensical things, and we're willing to like maintain an open mind how things that seem silly at first can actually lead to really profound changes. So that's basically what we're going to talk about today. But first, let's go ahead and get into the synchronicity update, and I can talk about all the signs that are coming in for me, and how I'm using those to move me forward on this uncertain path of building the podcast. Synchronicity updates are the part of the show where I discuss synchronicities that are happening in real time that are encouraging me to keep moving forward on this uncertain path and follow my intuition even stronger. The first synchronicity that came in that is keeping me motivated to keep going on this path and letting me know that I'm on the right path was a message that I got from Henata, who is a friend of mine from college. And I met her in a Portuguese class. She sent these, uh, She sent this to me on uh, Instagram. Hey, I'm loving the podcast. I feel like your podcast is a bit of a red cardinal for me right now. I prayed for a sign. And then in parentheses, she says, I never ever pray or even sure in what I believe. But I prayed for a sign or anything on how to better myself or how to change my path and saw your post the next day which was really, really cool, because I haven't talked to Hinata in forever, and, yeah, I didn't even know she was listening, so that's cool. The next synchronicity that came in was the dream. I was speaking with my psychic about my career, and I was asking her, when is everything going to take off, and, like, what's the best way for me to get there? And I remember really distinctly, she said, passively, which was, was really meaningful to me, because it represents this whole new style of getting things done that I've taken on since I've been going on this intuitive path where instead of, you know, thinking of all my action items, you know, filling out my to-do list and then getting things done one by one, it's just a lot more of, let me let things come to me. Let me keep my energy really high. Let me keep my vibration open. And and that's more of my prior- priority rather than let me get a bunch of physical things accomplished in a day. So, that happened, and then it was a, a Sunday night, and I was getting ready for the week, and I had basically kind of been working all, all weekend long, and then I stopped, I forced myself to stop, and I just like went outside with Camille, and then we had a cup of tea, and just sat underneath the stars on our, on our patio, and... Then all of a sudden, like a bunch of ideas started coming in, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I could do this thing. Uh, I could go to the yoga studio, and then I could do a group meditation there. Oh, I could do Facebook Lives, and then I could do meditations, and at the very end, I could clear beliefs for people for like a limited time. Oh, and then I should call these clients, and then I should do all these things. And it was like that same familiar feeling of, Oh, I should do all the things. So, I was really excited to get to work on Monday, today. But then this happened. So it's 5.45, last night I had an epiphany that I should do like a ton of work and not get there passively. And then I had a dream that basically said, that's a horrible idea. You should make it really easy on yourself. I'll tell you guys more about it later. It's a couple hours later. And I just analyzed the dream. So the dream that I had, I was basically in South Africa. And I was like this version of Mowgli from the Jungle Book. And I was just like sliding down. I was like on this race. And I was sliding down these hills and like these mudslides. Uh... And then it was like going down through the forest. And then I ended up going onto the beach. And then I slid out like a little too far like a race car that starts drifting. I started drifting at the beach. And then I landed in the water. Once I got into the water, there was this rip current that just kept pulling me down and pulling me down and pulling me down. And then I couldn't get up and I couldn't get back onto the beach. When that happened, I noticed that there was like this gigantic shark. And then it just started trying to kill me. So, that was scary as hell. So, I just swam, and I kept trying to get back up onto the beach, and it wouldn't work, so I had to swim the other way, out to shore. So, I kept swimming and swimming and swimming, and then I eventually found, a uh, like, a rock, and, like, I pulled myself up on there. The shark, like, barely missed me, and then I got onto the rock, and then there were two women on the rock, and they were butt naked, and then... Um, I talked with one of them, just about one of my other friends and, yeah, one of my friends' inability to handle emotions. And then I t- the other one kissed my right toe. So that was the dream. Then I decided to interpret the dream and analyze everything. And basically what it said is like, hey, there's so much growth going on right now for you that you don't even understand what's happening. It's really hard to keep track of all of it. Um, the direction that you're thinking of going is the wrong way, unless you do it as play, and as less you are the one that is determining the direction from within, instead of, like, looking outside of yourself, and doing all the physical things, you need to be doing more of this, like, unconscious, um, it's more of, like, where I'm coming from, is, is the thing, so what I'm how this ties into life is like I was going, okay, let me get the to-do list out and let me start doing my Facebook Lives and let me start calling all people let me start doing all those things physically versus holding in myself like a sense of strength. And instead of going outside of myself to go and do a bunch of things physically, it's about staying grounded within myself and just pulling everything else into me. Like when the circumstances come in, then I can act on them. But instead of going out and trying to act on a bunch of things outside of me to change everything, it's about staying grounded in my space and like my frequency. So the dream goes on and it says like, yeah, you're gonna get, you're getting out of balance. You're trying to go too fast. You do not get into the emotional waters of being nervous and then overdoing things. Um, and you're starting. You're just starting to get. This whole thing. Um, The most interesting symbol in in the dream was my right toe. So the right side of our body represents stuff that's affecting us now and in the future. And then your toe, according to the dream book, is assistance and balance, just beginning to get a toehold or a grasp on life. And then one of the women kissed my toe, and that means affection, warmth, and communication. So to me, what that feels like is like for so long, I've been um, trying to untrain my brain to be so reactive to things and so, um, and respond to like stress and pressure, and then just doing a bunch of things physically. And I've been trying to retrain myself to just be in a good place uh, vibrationally. And then I can pull circumstances and coincidences and all those things into me because I'm just in like such a solid space. And I thought it was so cool that that was what I was feeling as soon as I was getting to the end of analyzing this dream. And then for the kiss to be on the right toe, it's kind of like such a sweet sign from my guides and um, that, that that's exactly what they want me to get out of this. So to make it a little bit more concrete, here's a really useful metaphor. Um, Just think of a young man that's going out and he wants to get a girlfriend. So what he does is he thinks, oh, I need to do a bunch of things physically in order to get a girlfriend. You know, I need to go get a job. I need to get a fancy car. You know, I need to have a six pack. I need to go and up my style. I need to learn pickup lines and like... It's like all the nervous energy that's attached to that is what he thinks he has to do because he looks outside of himself and he sees that other people, that's what they do. But the real thing that needs to happen for him is he needs to come into his own strength and just be grounded in who he is. And then the more and more that he is falling in love with himself the more and more that he feels strong as a man in himself, regardless of what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter if he has like the latest, uh, you know, if he's wearing joggers and, you know, dope running shoes or whatever. It, it It doesn't matter about anything outside of him. All that matters is, does he feel like that pillar of strength inside of him? And if he Takes that and he goes out around a bunch of other women, then eventually they're going to be attracted because they can feel everything from within. So that's the metaphor, and I'm just doing that exact same thing in career. And for our last synchronistic update, I want to feature one that was sent to me from my friend and one of our listeners, Peter, and it talks about snakes. And if you remember, a couple episodes ago, I talked about starting to pay attention to our dreams and look up the symbols there. And one of the most common dreams and symbols for us to get is about snakes. So yesterday, as I'm uh, sitting outside the building I work in in a patch of grass, I uh, was contemplating a lot of things and decided to ask my guide to show me a sign that... I'm on the right path, I'm doing the right thing, and uh, for some reason my first instinct was to show me a snake, and uh, I was arguing with myself after that, like, why a snake? Like, there's rattlesnakes around here, I don't need to deal with stuff like that, you know, on my work uh, break. Um, But anyways, um, maybe five minutes went by, at the most maybe, and then I decided, well, I'm just going to go in, I'm all done. And as soon as I get up and look to my left, there is a long garter snake coming right at me. And I kind of got out of its way and gave it some space, and that that happened right there. And that'll just about do it for the synchronicity update. So let's get back to talking about spiritual bloopers. And for the first blooper, I want to talk about the house that I currently live in and how... I intended to live in San Francisco and ended up living in the middle of the forest. I had been traveling around the world for about seven months and it was time for me to find a new location to live. So I was staying with my uncle in the middle of the forest and I was determined to find a place to live in the Bay Area. So what happened was I would drive down to the Bay Area, I'd go to like Berkeley and Oakland and I would look at open houses and the real estate market there is just insane. Now I was still renting at the time so I wanted to get a really cool place that was reasonably affordable and close to like all of Silicon Silicon Valley and all the San Francisco tech scene because I figured that would be like the ideal place for me to be um, while I'm starting my coaching business. So what happens is I'm up in the middle of the forest and I have to drive, like, an hour and a half down from, uh, uh, like, wine country down into the Bay Area in order to go to these open houses. So then what happens is I get these... uh, I I start showing up to open houses over and over and over again and, I mean, there would be open houses with 10, 15. I went to one where there's 30 people ready to rent with first and last Um, you know they have their bank statements and, and like everything they have they're like ready to go right then 30 people in line waiting for one place and I'm just like this is this is not looking too good so then I have a conversation with my uncle and my uncle had spent the past you know 16 17 call it 20 years living in Oakland in the middle of all the stuff and all the action And I just tell him how it's going, and he's like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, you're more than welcome to stay here for as long as you need to. Um, You know, that's why we have the, the loft upstairs. And, you know, have you ever thought about living up here, like, life's, life's pretty good up here, and I look at him, I go, absolutely not, are you kidding me, I need to be in the action, I need to be in the city, I need to be around all the people, because that's the only way my career is going to grow, and then he goes, okay, do whatever you want to do, but, you know, it might be a good idea for you to, you know, be up here, and like, simplify, and, you know, just kind of, just get back to basics, you know, like, Take take your life and just kind of shrink it down a little bit, and just focus on it's like a minimalism type thing. Just just get back to the essentials, and then simplify your life. It's a, it's a pretty good life up here. You might want to think about it. And I'm just like, okay, totally appreciate the sentiment, and I I really do respect this uncle because he is a he's a really wise he's a really wise man. He's guided me a lot in life, and I really look up to him for like all kinds of reasons. So, I'm like it just it doesn't make any logical sense to me, so that I'm like, well, yeah, I just uh, I don't know, I don't I don't think I want to do that. So, the house search continues for a while, and I just can't find anything. Like every place I go, it's either booked out or it's or it's it's just like, you know, insanely expensive, and it's just not working out and I'm like well I'm going to have to work so much and every single time I like try to go into the bay area it just it bounces me right back out. So then one day in exasperation I just pull up Craigslist and then I look at places um you know near my uncle's house like in the middle of the forest because it's it's so funny because every single time I would drive down to the bay area and then I'd drive back up into you know wine country as soon as I would cross the bridge and then I would get into, you know, uh, the North Bay, I would just like, everything would open up. My body would feel relaxed. I would feel peaceful. I'd feel like I'm back home and I just loved it up there. And, you know, I know I was trying to get a place in the East Bay, but, and and, like down in the city, but it just, you know, like everything was kind of pointing for me to go up this way. So then what I did was I found I looked on Craigslist and I found some places that were right next to my uncle's place because I really liked that area. And I just went to this one open house and I walked, I remember walking in and it was exactly what, what I wanted. You know, I wanted it to be like, you had to like go through like a, you had to drive through a bunch of trees in order to get there. Um, it was raised up, um, It it was it was raised up, so the house was up on stilts. So you were kind of overlooking this like um, all the all the trees and like there's tons of nature outside. Um, I I parked the car and then I like went to take a look at the house, and it was just I walk inside and it was it was small, but it was like the perfect bachelor pad. And I just had this knowing I'm like this is going to be my place. This this is it. So then I I walk away and I I go back to the realtor's office and I give them back the keys and I'm just thinking about like the chandelier that I saw in in the apartment that was like super cool and just like the feel of everything and like, I'm just like, yeah, I I think I want to, I think I want to apply for that place. So I take an application and then I, I leave. And I'm just like, this is it. So I end up going through the whole process with them. I my uh, I, I go ahead and apply. I, they offer me the place. And I decide, yeah, I want to rent it. And I'm just, like, so excited. And I go inside, and I'm, like, just there. And I'm like, wow, I finally have my own space again. After, like, seven months on the road, like, I finally have a home. Like, this is it feels so nice, and it's like, I'm getting over all of my shame around, like, you know, I'm 28, 29 years old at the time, and it's like, I don't, like, I didn't have a place for all my stuff, you know, I, I, I felt like I was, like, this, half of me was, like, this romantic vagabond, and then the other half of me was, like, technically homeless, <laughs> so I'm just in my house, and I'm like, this is so amazing, I can't believe it, and, I, I, I start walking around, and then I just notice, like, that it seems like one half of the house is just a, just a tiniest bit higher than the other side of the house. Since it's raised up on stilts, it, like, go, it's on a hill, so I'm, like, the, the, it's up on the stilts, and, like, I'm, like, is one side of this house, like, higher than the other? And, like, no, 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 you're just making, you're just making that up. And then I just go, I ignore it for, like, a couple weeks. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's not really anything. And I end up running into my sister and her boyfriend. And uh, they were looking for a house in the same area. They had decided to do the same thing to, you know, move out of the city life and then move up into wine country. And uh, it, I tell them, yeah, I found, like, this amazing house. And I'm actually going to get this, this one here that's actually right by our uncle's. And then, uh, they go, oh, we actually checked that one out. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Isn't it, isn't it beautiful? I mean, like, how come you guys didn't take it? And then they go, oh, cause you know, the floor is, is, uh, crooked. <laughs> and then I'm just like, God damn it. I did get a, cl- a house with a crooked floor. I knew it. And, uh, yeah, so that's like that's been the house that I, I kept living there for ever since that ever since that day. But it was so funny because like my intuition just kind of was I thought it was nobly guiding me to this place that was like in the trees and was just destined for me, and it's it's it is, and it's a house with a crooked floor <laughs> in the middle of the trees. Now. Uh, I've been living there for... I mean, probably about... uh, Well over two years now. And I live there with my girlfriend Camille. And... It's so funny because... Despite that being another spiritual blooper... Of me thinking like... Oh, like... The the magic of, of, of this house is just... You know, it's calling me out of the city... To the... To this remote forest location. And it's meant just for me. And it's perfect. Like... The fact that it has the crooked floor, it's like, well... Or it's just a house with a crooked floor in the forest. But, I mean, years later... I can't tell you how many times I've sat in that... In my chair. On the side of the house that's a little bit higher up. In my my little armchair. And I just look around. And I look at my art that's up on the walls. And I look at my couches. And I just... I'm... I have so much gratitude for this beautiful place. And I just, I mean, at times Camille says stop because it's kind of annoying. Like, oh, here we go again. But I just look around and I go like, oh, I love this lamp. I love the the plant that we have here. I love the walls. I love the, and I just kind of go off on my gratitude rampage. And I'm so happy, even though I have a, a house with a slightly crooked floor so that's an example of how you know even the spiritual bloopers can sometimes work out for us and the last thing that I want to acknowledge about this spiritual blooper was that um during that time, the three months when I was trying to find a house and i couldn't find anything, I was staying with my uncle, and I was super embarrassed about it because I felt like I should totally have my own place, but I ended up getting to have like all this like wonderful time with him. My aunt and then their their kids we had had all these like cool little dinners, and I really got to spend a lot of quality time with them and After that three month period, my uncle's been going through like a bunch of throat cancer stuff, so even though um it felt like a total blooper at the time for me to be you know approaching thirty years old and to not have a home you know, the fact that I got to spend that quality time with him, like I never ever would have done that on my own. So this is an example of something that seemed like a blooper on its surface, but actually ended up being a really, really sweet thing that I'm incredibly grateful for. So for this next blooper, I want to talk about astrology. I was basically at the point where I had been playing with astrology and I was curious about it. I heard everyone talking about, oh no, Mercury's in retrograde again. And apparently that meant something. Um, my sister, she was starting to do readings um, just like on the side, and she looked up all of my all of my stuff, and then she started telling me things, and I was like, whoa, shit, I know you're my sister, but how do you know all of that, and uh, astrology was just kind of starting to annoy me, because I was like, well, I feel like maybe there's something to this. Or maybe it's all just a bunch of bullshit and it's like the fake mediums and fake psychics that they just use cold reading techniques and then they just tell you like some truism like in the next 24 hours you will experience a high and a low. It's like, well, that's every single human can find meaning in that. So anyway, I was just annoyed with astrology. I'm like, is this legit or is this not? So then I decided, well, the best way to figure that out is let's pay for a session with a professional astrologer, and let's see how it goes. So I started working with um, an astrologer, and we got together for the session, and I came in there guns blazing, and I wasn't going to hold anything back. I wanted to know, like, how to succeed in business, and how to just, like, take my life to the next level. So we started talking, and she answered a couple questions, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a good answer. And then she started revealing things to me, and they were all things that I didn't think that she could know about. For example, she started saying, oh yeah, by the way, this whole this whole track that you're on, this path about uncovering people's, subco- what's on their subconscious mind, that is the right direction for you. You're also going to be very, very lucky if you do travel. Like if you do travel or adventures, like that's going to work out really, really well for you. And she went into even more depth, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you definitely need to be a teacher. Like, that's that's very right for you. Oh, and also, you should do a lot more writing. And I was like, okay, this is all kind of interesting stuff, and, you know, you know, but I'm still skeptical, because I was like, maybe she's just, like, stalking me on Facebook or Instagram, and then she can just see all this stuff, and then, you know, she could have just done some research before the session. And where she really got my attention was when she started making fun of me. <laughs> she uh, basically said, "Oh, this is this is great. You uh, you do this whole thing where you present yourself as Mr. Logical Businessman, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, why?" And then she's like, "Well." Because where your Mercury is, your Mercury's in Cancer, and that basically means that you're a freaking emotional basket case when it comes to dis- making decisions. You literally don't use logic at all. It's basically completely based on how you're feeling. And I was just like, oh shit, oh shit, she's got me. How the fuck does she know this one? And uh, yeah, she just kind of had me on the ropes. And. You know, there was a lot more specific stuff. I mean, it was a while ago, so I can't remember all the details. But anyway, I was just kind of like, maybe there's something to this whole astrology thing. We finish up the session, and she's like, oh, and by the way, if you're thinking of making any changes to your living situation, like you're thinking of moving in with anybody or, you know, changing where you live, I strongly recommend that you don't do that. And I was like, uh, What? Because at that time I was I had been I had just gotten gone past my like three year anniversary with my ex girlfriend and we had the conversation of like, hey, maybe we should move in together. And um, I was resisting it for some reason, but I had finally like taken some time and I decided before the session that I wasn't gonna even ask the astrologer about that. Where I was just I had decided we're moving in together and I'm ready to take the next step and like it's either going to be great or it's going to blow up, and she, she she told me when she told me that I it was very startling to me, and then she said, "Yeah, I mean, I guess you you can do whatever you want, but I just want to be very clear. Like, I strongly recommend you don't do that." And I was like, "No, that's that's cool. I think I'm going to do it anyway." And I didn't really want to consult the stars on this one. So uh, anyway, thanks for everything else. And we finished up the session. So then within about four months, my relationship had blown up. Um, I had to move out. It was like this huge, it was this huge mess. Um, I had to deal with like a landlord that's like, hey man, I'll help you out. But then he's like, actually, I'm not going to help you out. You have to pay, you know, seven more months of rent and don't be late. (laughs) And it was just a freaking nightmare. I was lucky because I had a bunch of friends that offered me couches to go stay on. But it was, like, super humiliating for me. And, yeah, it was just, like, a very, very painful experience. So what happened when I started reflecting on this was I just, like, I really doubted my intuition. I was like, how the fuck did I get this so wrong? It's like, how come? And... And then I got mad that, like, the stars, you know, like, where Saturn is, like, has some effect on my life. Like, I I got really upset about that. And I just remember thinking, like, I I don't know, I just started, like, doubting my intuition. I started doubting, like, what I thought to be true. I felt, like, controlled. And, um, yeah, it was just, like, a lot of pain. And then once I got past the pain, I just kind of got to this point where I was... Beating myself up about it, I was like, "Dude, you should have listened," because since you didn't listen to the astrologer, now you have all these problems that you have to deal with. And the more that I was in those problems, where I felt like I was an inconvenience to my friends, because I was like living on their couch, um, it kind of pushed me to finally travel because I had no responsibilities. I didn't have anything tying me to San Diego anymore, and I actually felt like an inconvenience to my friends. You know, I got scooted out and I basically started travelling around the world and had like an absolutely amazing time. So it's funny because, you know, I think a lot nobody wants to have that kind of relationship with a guru or a shaman or uh, an astrologer or any kind of spiritual advisor where they basically have complete authority on our life and they are the one that says, Okay, you better listen to me, otherwise it's gonna be bad for you and I think through that whole process, I kind of reclaimed something in, in me where I learned that it was like, it was okay for me to go through the, through those mistakes. Like now, if I look back at it from this vantage point, it's like, yeah, I'm probably going to listen to what the astrologer says next time. But even if I don't want to, it's like, um, it's like my life is kind of up to me. And even if I have problems come up or things don't go in the exact optimum way um, or the most beneficial way as laid out by the stars or by the shaman or by wh- whoever is my spiritual spiritual advisor that I can make it through that. And I think that's kind of the relationship that we all want to have with any advisor and that I think that's kind of like the huge gift that I got from this was realizing, wow... Um, You know, I'm not going to turn my power over to anybody. And just because someone says, like, this is the ideal thing for you, that I have to do it. It's like I was able to survive through that mistake. And, you know, I've actually been able to thrive beyond that mistake. So it's not about anybody being right or anybody being wrong. I mean, I definitely will probably listen next time an astrologer says, Oh, yeah, hey, be careful around your living situation um but it doesn't have to be this relationship where we completely ignore our own intu- intuition and we devalue ourselves in order to honor um any other gurus or advisors that we're looking up to and if i'm really honest with myself it's like you know 3 years into the relationship there was my intuition was right the whole time it's like I, there was some part of me that was resisting it And it was super inconvenient to look at, and I didn't want to look at it. But, like, there was something, there was some reason why we hadn't already moved in together. And, um, now I just kind of have more respect for my intuition. I'm like, yeah, it was actually kind of guiding me to the right direction the entire time. So then I was trying to figure out a metaphor that described, like, this whole dynamic. So then it hit me when I was driving in the car. Um, I realized that... GPS is the perfect metaphor for our intuition and here's why because what happens is we start off with some intended destination it's like we have a desired state and that's what we want so then we focus on that and then we punch that into the GPS we hit enter and then it starts guiding us and it starts giving us all of the directions and all the directions are completely accurate Now, I remember back in the old days, when they didn't have uh, GPS that you could put on your phone, but like, you had to go on MapQuest, and you had to print out your directions. So then what would happen is, if you wanted to get somewhere, you had to follow those directions exactly, step by step, and you had to use that printed copy, and you had to carry that with you, so that... If you followed those directions exactly, it would get you to the destination. But the thing is, if you made a wrong turn along the way, or you just, like, skipped an exit, and then you have to double back, like, you can... Sometimes you could kind of make it, but if you made, like, one serious mistake, then you were kind of screwed. Then you had to, like, you know, go and, like, ask people and figure it out, or, like, go look at maps... And you had to go look at other people's maps, and then you could kind of make your way back to where you wanted, but it was a really, really slow process. Nowadays, the way GPS works, and this is kind of how I'm noticing my intuition is working too, is it's it's really cool because you know how you look at Google Maps, and if you drive and you miss a turn, you know, let's say it says, go up three blocks and then take a left and then take a right. You know. If, if you're spacing out in life and then you go up like seven blocks, then what happens on Google Maps is it says recalculating, 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 and then the arrows all adjust. And then it says, actually make a left right now and then go up two blocks and then you'll turn right. And it just like reorients all of the directions. So from our human perspective, what we do is we look at that and we go, see, the psychic was wrong. Like they're changing the directions on me, like they're not giving me accurate advice, and then we throw the whole thing away. That's the same thing as just saying, okay, GPS, you changed your mind. I'm gonna take my phone and chuck it out the window. So I don't think that's exactly uh, the best way for us to be using our intuition. And I totally understand that desire when we're doing something like this that feels like we're kind of making things up, or, you know, we're not, it's not as scientific of a process yet for us to really be able to have that clarity and that certainty like I totally know what that feels like but this the idea of having an internal GPS that we have access to at all times even if it has a couple glitches every once in a while it's way more useful than just like refusing to use GPS out of stubbornness so for me, this has been the healthiest way to relate to gurus, or astrologers, or shamans at medicine ceremonies, or guides, or tarot cards, or anything like that, is that it's, it's a good way to get started on the path, because then you, like, start learning how to get places uh, on your spiritual ascension. It's like, it's the same thing as using the paper maps, you know, where you print them out and then you take them with you. Now, it's okay to use somebody's template if you have absolutely no idea where you're going, because then it kind of gives you some orientation. But at a certain point, like, we all outgrow that, and then we have to learn how to follow our own intuition. It's like, taking, it's like reclaiming our own GPS and remi- reminding ourselves that, hey, at some point, you have to stop taking the maps with you, and you can use GPS to find your way around. And the better and better we get at listening to our own GPS, the cooler and cooler our lives become because our higher self is the one that's like trying to help us uh, uh, follow our intuition. That's, that's all intuition is. That's, it's the turn right here, turn left here that is always being broadcast to us but we have to like stop looking at the piece of paper that somebody else has given to us and we have to start looking at our own to figure out how we move forward in life and while at the same time respecting the fact that anybody else that's offered us a different template or a different way for doing things they've done so out of compassion or the sincere desire just to help us but at some point when we're awakening we outgrow that and uh that's that's kind of what i got from from this experience so the next spiritual blooper comes from one of our listeners who i will withhold her name for privacy but it's a hilarious story that ends up with a very stinky surprise on somebody's bed
1: Hey Zach. So the story is that I was about twenty seven I think and my mom had told me about this thing called the list which is you write out a list of everything you want to meet in a partner, or life partner, and then you kinda like look at it every day and then you surrender to the list, you let it go and then you know, the following week, the following month, uh, later down the road, you end up meeting this exact person that you wrote about. So my list, um, I started and I just kept writing and writing and writing. And it was like pages and pages long. And I wanted to meet someone who was Middle Eastern, who had dark, kinky, curly hair, green eyes. Um, He. Spoke multiple languages. He loved to cook. He appreciated poetry, art, and culture. He played the Spanish guitar. He also had a motorcycle. He was about between five ten and six foot two. And we had this amazing connection. Um, a lot to talk about. Physical chemistry. Um, so the list went on and on. So I wrote out the list and then I kind of, sur- I, I, I read it a few times, I surrendered to it, I let it go. And a couple months later, I was going to visit my friend in Hawaii. And she said, I want to introduce you to my roommate because I think you two would be good together. Um, so I think she like kind of connected us on Facebook and we exchanged a few notes before I arrived in Hawaii. And when I arrived in Hawaii, uh, my friend was actually, like, working and pretty busy. And this guy uh, was getting his Ph.D., so he had, like, a bit more free time and teaching. Um, so we ended up hanging out, and we just had this, like, instant, really strong connection. He's from Morocco, had green eyes, dark, curly, kinky hair. Um, he spoke four languages. He loved poetry, he was an amazing cook and appreciated good food, which was also on my list. Um, So we had this kind of love affair and by the end of that week, um, we said uh, we loved each other and we were talking about marriage and he wanted me to move to Hawaii. And I just thought, man, this list really works, this is awesome. So then I went home, back home, and I was living in Portland at the time. And um, basically, as soon as I had made that commitment to him that I would move to Hawaii and I would marry him, um, we, I think I had had said I would do it in like four or five months, but I wanted to kind of like keep doing a long distance relationship before I uprooted my life. And he just became more and more demanding, and, um, like, I had to move in two months. And then as the relationship progressed, um, he wanted me to change my hair. He wanted me to change my career. He wanted me to stop. I was doing ecstatic dance. He wanted me to stop doing that. Um, So it just kind of went it it was on a downhill slope is all I can say and I was just starting to see that the universe really has um, a sense of humor and so I think I was in Hawaii and it it was kind of becoming clear that we were going to break up and I remember we were at the beach and he was crying and um, just had so much fear he was like also extremely jealous and I just like i was kind of like dying the longer i was with him and we weren't together for that long um but so i i said a prayer to the universe i was like universe give me a sign and so um we went back to his place where my friend also lived and they were kind of renting this pretty awful house in hawaii that was like built into this mountain so it like didn't get any light and then um you like actually from the street level, you actually like walked downstairs to enter the house. And so because it was kind of on this Hill, um, there was all these mice that were in the house and it was, it was pretty awful. But anyway, so we walk into his room and there's just this awful stench, this horrible smell. And then we both see that there's this like dead mouse like baking in the sun and, um, And to me, that was just the sign, you know, that was the relationship. It was dead and gone. And I think we broke up that day and I flew back and we pretty much didn't talk to each other ever again. So, so that's my story of the universe's sense of humor.
0: And by the way, I just decided to look up what mouse means in the dream book that I've been talking about. And mouse means little fear or irritant that is taking your energy. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And for this last spiritual blooper, um, it's just too, too good to leave out. So here it is.
2: So my spiritual blooper goes hand in hand with one of your previous episodes, sort of how you started to get into spirituality through these meaningful coincidences and having this conversation with the universe through synchronicities. So when I first read the word synchronicities and learned its meaning i was so excited to discover this new word because i also was starting to see all these meaningful coincidences and because i had read the word i didn't know how to pronounce it and when i read it in my head i heard synchronicities i don't know i guess i thought there was another o in there somewhere but uh, i was so excited to share all these meaningful coincidences with my friend, so I was saying synchronicity that, synchronicity that, and saying the word all the time with excitement, just explaining all these beautiful things that were starting to happen to me, and my friend Dimitri finally corrected me, but it's just so funny because I'm pretty sure I had been using it multiple times with him before he finally corrected me, and I was in total shock and disbelief. I even went on YouTube to listen to it being pronounced, and... Googled it and everything, um, <laughs> and I had to go back to my friends who had started to adopt the word to saying synchronicities and be like, hey, guys, sorry, it's pronounced synchronicities. And if you read it, it clearly sounds like it would be pronounced synchronicities, but it was just a pretty funny spiritual blooper of mine, and <laughs> hope you found it funny, and hopefully you can use it. So thank you for letting me revisit my past and think of this funny memory, because I almost completely forgot it. So hope you have a beautiful day.
0: So whether our spiritual bloopers are as serious as ignoring an astrologer's sincere warnings about what's to come, or our bloopers are all about us learning about the universe's sense of humor, or if there's something as silly as mispronouncing synchronicities, um, I hope that you come away from this podcast with the idea that just bloopers are part of this path, and they really don't need to be that big a deal. And that'll bring us to a close today. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, The ratings, they keep pouring in, and it's really exciting watching the view count go up on this thing. So thank you so much for that. Uh, Please keep them coming. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really fun going in and looking at all the written reviews and hearing from you guys. So thank you so much for all the support. Uh, If you could... Uh, If you haven't had a chance to do so, go over and tap that five-star button or send us a written review on iTunes, and that will really help the podcast grow. And that's it. So uh, just like always, you don't have to watch out when you look within. I'm on guided. And it's pretty interesting to me because now I look at my higher self and I go, thank God it didn't let me get successful when I was looking outside of myself. And thank thank goodness, like I, I, I struggled through everything when I was divorcing my power. And the only time my higher self is letting me succeed is when uh when i'm in charge and like all the answers are coming from within rather than outside of me what a blessing intro and outro music by the passion hi-fi